Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. A new report out from the uh, Transition Accelerator. Looking at the uh, the evolution of the growth of the hydrogen industry in Alberta and what more can be done to move things along. And, and a lot of good things have happened and there's been a real focus, both from the Alberta government and the federal government, in trying to capitalize on the advantages we have and to try to be at the forefront of, of this emerging industry. This latest report, which you can find at transitionaccelerator.ca, is called Toward a Fuel Hydrogen Economy in the Calgary Region which does focus on on the Calgary region for sure, but that's obviously not to the exclusion of the Edmonton region because to some respects, arguably, maybe Edmonton is further along when it comes to to the hydrogen industry than is Calgary. So how do Alberta's two cities work together uh, to ensure that the province is a real leader here. So joining us to talk more about the report is uh, Dr. David Lazell, who's energy systems architect with the Transition Accelerator, also faculty professor at the University of Calgary and director of the Canadian Energy Systems Analysis Research Initiative. Uh, David, so great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. It's great to be here. Thank you. As I mentioned, I mean, this this report does take a a more specific look at Calgary. So what what does that tell us about where Edmonton's at and maybe where Calgary needs to get to? Well, we've, Edmonton for the last two years has, uh, uh, has been running an Edmonton Regional Hydrogen Hub. And we've been involved in, uh, in helping to set that up. And, and it was set up first in Edmonton because they have, have actually produced quite a lot of hydrogen uh, right near the city right now. They produce probably two to 3,000 tons of hydrogen every day. And that's used in the refineries within the, within the region. It's used in uh, production of other uh, chemicals and ammonia, et cetera. Uh, Alberta, or Calgary doesn't have that large-scale production of hydrogen right next door. But what we do have uh, is a lot of potential demand centers for hydrogen. And we have the uh, resources and potential to start producing hydrogen at reasonable scales if we if we really wanted to if there was a market for that hydrogen within the the Calgary region and so the report really said you know there's what's happening in Edmonton and the development of uh, use of hydrogen as a energy carrier as a fuel to help in transportation and space heating and, and other industrial needs could actually happen in Calgary as well. Uh, it's a little bit um, more work to do it in Calgary, but, but if the two cities work together, it would actually benefit both of them, and we could create a, a pretty exciting uh, focus for, for hydrogen, zero-emission hydrogen uh, production and use uh, within Canada in the Calgary-Edmonton region. Yeah, so that's what's interesting. I mean, there's the potential that, you know, the two cities could sort of see themselves as being in competition on this, but how do you envision, you know, the the synergy, if you will, between the two? Well, the, one of the largest opportunities for hydrogen is in the heavy-duty transportation sector. And this is moving large trucks, uh, buses, and trains uh, along, especially in long-distance transport, on long haul. And the of course, the two cities are about 300 kilometers apart. There's a lot of heavy-duty trucks moving that route. There are 
trains are moving between Calgary and Edmonton. And this is almost the perfect application for hydrogen as a fuel where it becomes economically viable most quickly is is to target the decarbonization of of that energy corridor that connects uh, or that that transportation corridor that connects Edmonton and Calgary. So we see that as probably some of the lowest hanging fruit uh, for the two cities to uh, to work together uh, to create fueling stations in each city and even in Red Deer in the middle that would uh, that would support uh, a, a very rapid and a significant uh, shift to zero emission hydrogen as a fuel for heavy transport between the two regions. Well, as you say, and the demand is starting to be there and it, and it will grow. Like, to what extent is the demand going to take care of all of this? How much do we need to, to sort of guide things in a certain direction via policy? And how much is just going to arise naturally as, as the demand grows? Well, I think that the challenge is we're competing with a very established uh, you know, um, sectors of in manufacturing of the trucks, we need a different kind of vehicles uh, to use hydrogen as a fuel than what we have today with with diesel trucks and and trains. So, and and making these new hydrogen vehicles, they should be in the long term less expensive because they're going to have their their electric, their hydrogen fuel cell electric. Typically, they have lower maintenance costs, much fewer moving parts. But when you're only building one or two of them at a time, they're much more expensive uh, than when you're competing with a established industry of, of making diesel trucks. So policy and, and government investments uh, in, in helping to subsidize the early stages of the deployment of these vehicles is incredibly important. We also need government assistance in helping to get some fueling stations built and off the ground that will be able to deliver hydrogen um, where we need it, presumably at you know at each end of Highway 2 and, and Red Deer in the middle, that will uh, we'll be able to fuel the trucks. And, and, you know, the initial building of these stations uh, is going to be very expensive uh, until we can actually get the demand for the fuel up to a scale where the stations will pay for themselves. And uh, we see that as being a requiring, again, public investment and uh, et cetera. And then finally, you know, in, in order to switch to these this new energy system, we're also going to need to have a new workforce. We're going to need to have people who know how hydrogen fuel cell trucks work, how to maintain fueling stations, how to uh, produce and move uh, hydrogen around safely uh, and, and deliver it to the stations. That is also going to require a training and involvement of our colleges and universities uh, to to really help in this transition to get us on a on a pathway uh, to to a net zero, more sustainable energy system in the future, that really works for this province. Well, does that imply then that it's the province that needs to sort of grab the reins here? I mean, how much are local governments to be involved? What about Ottawa? Ottawa's, uh, I'd say, it's, this is a national, it's a provincial, and it's a. Uh, municipal uh, cooperation is required. The federal government has got a number of programs. They've announced, uh, you know, sort of a, a zero emission heavy duty vehicle uh, program for with five hundred and forty seven million dollars in it to to actually help to subsidize uh, these zero emission trucks. Uh, that they've also are supporting um, zero emission buses uh, that could be used for municipal bus transit and even for intercity buses. 
they've uh, they've they've got funding programs available for for fueling stations. The provincial government in Alberta is also very active in this space, and in fact, just recently called for proposals for to build uh, some hydrogen fueling stations along some of the major corridors. And I think the the you know, termination the the call for proposals. Will hopefully be in by the middle of March, and we'll we'll see what uh, what you know companies have in mind for what they would like to do to get involved in this exciting new uh, energy system. And so I think we're going to see we're seeing all levels of government involved, and and many industry sectors see this as really the the future, or the direction where we, Alberta and Canada could move to a much lower emission energy system. But it actually uses the resources that Alberta has, our vast oil and gas resources, our geological resources that we have for uh, storing uh, CO2 to not putting it into the atmosphere where it can act as a greenhouse gas. And also, the you know, the trucking sector in this province is, is in, very much involved. The Alberta Motor Transport Association is a, is a real leader across Canada, I do say, around the world, in one of the most progressive uh, tr- uh, trucking organizations interested in, in, in tr- uh, moving towards zero emission vehicles. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> the mic turned off there for a oh, second. Okay. Uh, sorry. You know, the... the the, the challenge of water vapor as, as a greenhouse gas, as we grow the hydrogen industry, how, how do we address that side uh, of emissions? Well, it's interesting about water vapor. Water vapor is certainly a greenhouse gas, but it's not an anthropogenic greenhouse gas. In other words, it's not a greenhouse gas that humans produce that will change the climate. And that's because when you put water vapor into the atmosphere, it only hangs around for about two to three weeks uh, on average um, before it actually rains out. Uh, compare that to carbon dioxide. You put carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, and 50% of the carbon dioxide is still in the atmosphere. That If you put a pulse of carbon dioxide in, 50% of that carbon dioxide is still in the atmosphere 100 years from now. So compare you know, three weeks versus 100 years, it's a big difference. And and what that means is that that in effect, our in effect that rain or water put into the atmosphere rains out means certainly it's you know it's very much part of our ecosystem. It helps to keep our planet at a livable temperature. Uh, the water vapor in the atmosphere, but humans putting more water vapor into the atmosphere has really no impact on on the climate that uh, that can be measured. So it's, yeah. it's not really a problem. Okay. Well, yeah, important to note that. Uh, much more is mentioned, transitionaccelerator.ca. Uh, David Lazell, thank you again for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. All the best. Uh, that's uh, David Lazell with the Transition Accelerator, also at the University of Calgary and the Canadian Energy Systems Analysis Research Initiative on, you know, Alberta's potential here and the importance of making sure we seize this opportunity. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.